0: to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. The guest on my podcast this week is Gregory Stoes, CEO of PlanLess.
1: The big idea is that project management tools are all more or less the same. And there is one big issue in actual solutions, is that planning work, allocating resources and managing people's workloads is still done manually in all these tools and is very time consuming and very inefficient. I'd like to say that planning is humanly impossible. Basically, it's teams executing the work that self-organize themselves and lose a lot of time doing it. And yeah. most of the time we see that they are not capable of delivering work on time or not with the quality that was expected. In this particular industry, everybody thinks really a lot about return on investment, right? That's the main focus about hiring also a marketing agency is you want to invest a dollar and get three, four, five out. The thing is, What about the ROI of people? What if you could just increase your productivity by 30, 40, 50 percent?
0: This is Gregory. He's got 15 years of experience in entrepreneurship and managing positions. Besides founding PlanLess, he also co-founded Aperative, a new generation software development company. Prior to that, he's been responsible for building top-level and disruptive products in the services world, marketing and advertising space. The red thread throughout his career has been projects. No matter whether he works for a creative agency or a technology company, managing and planning projects was front and center. That sparked a big idea behind his latest company, PlanLess, which he founded in September 2017. PlanLess is on a mission to help project teams focus on working the plan instead of planning the work. and This inspired me, and hence I invited Gregory to my podcast. We explore the productivity issues that so many project teams suffer from around the world and that results in not being able to deliver work on time or not at the expected quality. We discuss what's broken and why rethinking how we manage projects is the only way to break free from this problem. By listening to this podcast, you will learn four things. Firstly, how we can deliver more transformative change by stepping away from the problem, seeing the big picture and then rethink the foundational concepts. Secondly, why Agile is both a blessing and a curse. Thirdly, that too often is not the technology that's the issue to create value and momentum. It's mindset and behavior of people. And fourthly, why we should aim to get attention from the market before they get your product. It validates whether you are onto something big. And with that, everyone benefits. So Gregory, thank you very much for making the time today and being on my podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And this got organized really, really rapidly. I think it's maybe a record of two days from being the first contact and actually being on the podcast. So that's I like that, I like speed. It's very efficient. And I think we are going to touch upon the topic in more depth in, in our call when we talk about your company, Planless. But before we start, I always like to dig into who is the guest on my podcast today. And if you would describe yourself in two or three words, what would those words be?
1: That's a tough one. (laughs) I'm a serial entrepreneur, half French, half German, living in Portugal. That's kind of original. But have been working in the last 15 years in marketing and in IT mainly, building products and promoting them. And have been managing teams and projects in this space in my last 15 years.
0: What what words would you use to characterize yourself as a person or as an entrepreneur?
1: That's always a tough question to select three words. I would say two or
0: one I mean my, my last uh, <laughs> the, the podcast that I recorded an hour before was one just one word relentless okay
1: I would say my my word is versatile i 'm able to jump in many different aspects of a business from my knowledge in marketing in design and in product development, so versatile is a good word for me
0: and I think that 's an ideal word for yeah, doing something new and novel in the marketplace, and I think that 's what your company is about. So, talking about your company, PlanLess, it was founded in 2017, and now coming to market with, as your press release from a couple of days ago says, a major breakthrough in technology in the project management space. So, so, what is the big idea behind your company? So, the big
1: idea is that project management tools are all more or less the same. And there is one big issue in actual solutions, is that planning work allocating resources and managing people's workloads is still done manually in all these tools and is very time consuming and very inefficient. I'd like to say that planning is humanly impossible. The fact is that if you really think about it, even if you take a small team of 10 persons, each one having 30, 40 tasks in their pipeline, you're facing 300, 400 tasks to organize. And you have many variables that come into place when it, you have to actually plan these tasks. First, not everybody on your team has the knowledge to do each task. So there is skills that come into place. Second, you have to take into account the availability of people, their meetings, their holidays, etc. And then you have to take into account delays, dependencies between tasks or projects, and many other things that can be more specific to each project or company. And so basically, when you take these three, 400 tasks, when it comes to planning, you have millions of possibilities. True. So humanly, it's completely impossible for you to try to figure out what are all the possibilities for you to find what is the best one. Yeah. And, uh, and what would be the best organization of who should do what and when so that you deliver your projects and your work the best possible and the fastest possible. So... I think that people don't even really realize that we all got used to just try to move work forward by prioritizing things and, and trying to get our fifth sense telling us what should be done next. But when we started doing this project and we started applying it to our own work, we saw the potential of it and we saw how big of an increase of productivity we have just by optimizing this part. So first, we we were winning a lot of time trying to figure out and organize things and constantly in every day having to reallocate things to another person because we had to move things around. And second, we just could, like I like to say, and I know that you love the the sentence, we can finally focus on working the plan instead of planning the work. So we, we can really, each one on the team, focus on what we know how to do best instead of spending our time on administrative tasks that are am just not our job. So that's basically what we've created. We've created a layer of artificial intelligence on top of project management that allows you to automatically plan your work, allocate resources and manage people's workloads and don't have to worry about it, meaning that automatically and constantly you have the best
0: plan in place. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I come from a enterprise resource planning space and was typically an enterprise resource planning that was focused on the services industry. So we had a lot of professional services companies in our portfolio. And one of the products that we had in the, in the portfolio was also a project management tool. with Gantt charts and so on. Now I agree with you. There's, there are so many out there that are doing exactly the same. The battle is about the user interface. Still, it's all manual. There's nothing smart about it. So from your experience and from, from what you've seen from early customers, What is the opportunity if you get this right? I mean, first of all, how much productivity are we actually losing without even recognizing it?
1: So you you have already on the first point, you have so many businesses that still work with spreadsheets and emails, right? These companies would already have a lot of productivity potential lost just because of not using a good project management tool. And you have some some great studies that have been done about that that just using a project management tool, these companies would just gain 20, 30, 40% of increase in productivity. Now that's great. What we see from our first customers is that we can add another 20, 30% on top of that easily. Actually, in average, the feedbacks we have are more around 40 to 50% in productivity. So if you, well, if you start putting all of this together, this would mean that a company that is not using a project management tool today and that were to start using our project management tool would potentially be able to double their productivity. And that's a huge wins for companies being able just okay. to move twice faster.
0: Well, yeah, you got the whole topic around a lot of companies that are in the services space from what I know, of course, they are proud about their talent. And one of the things that is very scarce these days is talent. You know, it's the workforce is shrinking. You need skills and people with experience. So once you have them, then you want to be able to scale with that. That's that's where technology comes in place. But of course, also with the services industry, it, the value comes from the people and the creativity they have, the pro- problem-solving skills. So you don't want to replace it by technology and get rid of the people. You want to almost augment them. Yeah, that's where these tools come really, really handy.
1: <laughs> that's a, that, that's a, the, the idea behind PlanLess. We don't aim to replace people. We often hear that when we talk about artificial intelligence and people get scared to yep, be replaced. Exactly. But that's not the point of our technology. For us, it's give the power back to people to really work and focus on what they know how to do and just help them take care of tasks that are time consuming and that can today with our technology be automated and help them get more productive.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. Do you have an example? For example, one of the things we discussed prior to starting recording was the vertical focus that you have. And you said you had a, you had a background in digital marketing. So how does it typically work out in a digital marketing agency?
1: So, yeah, we focus a lot on this, this vertical because it's one that I, I personally know very well. And I know that there is a deep need, not only in digital marketing, but in marketing in general. Agencies generally work for multiple customers and have many, many projects running at the same time a lot of recurring tasks and a, a lot of work to be organized generally small tasks yeah. so what we see is that in average in this type of agencies they have around 100 tasks per person in their pipeline yeah which is huge and the fact is that they have a lot a lot of dependencies between the tasks between the projects they have to manage very tight deadlines and trying to keep up with all of that is very, very difficult. And and a huge part of digital marketing agencies are small. And they don't have the means to hire a project manager to manage all of that. So basically, it's teams executing the work that self-organize themselves and lose a lot of time doing it. And most of the time we see that they are not capable of delivering work on time, or not with the quality that was expected.
0: That is the problem at the end, right? The moment you have to kind of start compromising on the other end. That, okay, I delivered the work, but it's not the quality that I have. And with the quality that you don't have, you don't get... I mean, I've I've written a book called The Remarkable Effect, but that's what it's all about. You want people to talk about your work. And uh, cutting corners is is all about doing the opposite.
1: (laughs) The, the, The funny thing also is that in this particular industry, everybody thinks really a lot about return on, invest, on investment, right? That's the main focus about hiring also a marketing agency is you want to invest a dollar and get three, four, five out. The thing is, what about the ROI of people? What if you could just increase your productivity by 30, 40, 50%? Don't you think yeah. that this could repercute also on the ROI of the campaigns and the ROI of your, of your business? And it's a point that business owners often forgot is that you could win a lot just by looking at what you're doing internally and not necessarily externally.
0: Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes it's the easy way out rather than kind of uh, looking at it with a different pair of eyes. So I'm always interested in talking about technology side. what you've created so far, what did you do different? from all the tools that are out there, because I think it's a brave move, you know, you're coming into an area where everybody knows Microsoft Project, and then you have uh, Primavera, and then you have, there's uh, so many tools out there. I always have respect for companies that say, okay, wait a minute, yes, the world is doing this, we're going to do it different, and we're going to disrupt it. What did you do different with your solution that makes it remarkable in its kind?
1: The thing that we had to to figure out in the beginning was a way to make that happen. And the first step for us was to find a way to automate that. And for that, we had to rethink the way we manage projects. And we had to figure out what was the approach that was missing in actual tools to make that possible. And I think that the main reason why what we're doing has not been done by the giants of project management today is because the foundation of what they built with their tool doesn't allow that. The only way actually to be able to automate this part is not even by using technologies of artificial intelligence like machine learning. Because machine learning will need you to gather a lot of data about how the team works and how the the team is planning work and try to mimic their actually bad human behavior. So finally, it doesn't even work. So first, it will take a lot of time until it's operational. but, But second, it will just mimic something that we don't do well as humans. So that is not the right approach. We, we were thinking about this at first, but that doesn't work. So the only way to make it work is to be logically based, is to find a way to calculate within millions of possibilities what is the best one. But in order to do that, we had to rethink the, the, the foundation of the way you manage things in a project management tool.
0: Let me make a small interruption here. Gregory just elaborated on the essence of what gives planless defensible differentiation. The fact that they have started at the foundational level, the DNA of the product, and approach a large-scale challenge in a radically different way than the established vendors out there. This is a core trait that separates remarkable software companies from the pack. It is the urge to be different, not just better. Different in the perspective to how they can exceed expectations of their ideal customer, and how that helps them to obtain value worth making a remark about. In my book, The Remarkable Effect, I've revealed a total of 10 traits that define the software companies we just keep talking about. So you can become one as well. You can find my book on amazon.com or any other portal where they set books online. Back to the interview. So basically, instead of having tasks
1: in your projects and assigning them to people, what if you were saying for performing this particular task, I need this specific skill. Yeah. Okay. So as soon as you have a little list of tasks and that, you know, what is the skill required to perform each task? And on the other side, you have the skills that your team has and the level of each person in this skill, you're starting to have something that you can match together. So that's where we've created our tool from this principle. So, where for us we don't go we're not going to assign directly a task to someone even if you can do it in our tool manually that's not an issue like you would do in any other one but from the ground up we based our solution on assigning a, a specific skill to to perform a certain job and that allows us to match the work that has to be done with the skills and the availabilities of people and that makes it possible so that's why You have no project management tool today that is really capable of doing that because they will have to integrate this part of the logic inside of their tool and would have to rethink a lot of how their tool works in order to be able to do it.
0: Yeah, and often it's also sort of a static thing that they're working with. someone speaks English and it speaks it at level two or three, or someone can design at level one or two, but the moment you start doing more work, work, it doesn't update that. Because at the end, you also get more experience from it. Yeah, I like that, uh, that approach. And it's, I mean, I, I like how you phrased it. Rethink how ma- project management works and typically looking at what is missing, what is the missing part. I, I wrote a, a kind of couple of pages on that in my book from a different perspective. But at the end, it's, it's looking for new value possibilities where you create these breakthrough moments rather than doing something that has always been done in a, in a maybe in a faster or cheaper way, but still doing it the stupid way. One of the people that, I've, that has always inspired me, uh, Steve Jobs, used to talk about innovation as, it's not the thing that you do, well, the, the thing that you say yes to, but the thing that you say no to. So on your journey of starting your company and coming up with something that's new and novel, were there any aspects where you say, okay, this is a definite no, and we, I'm, I'm going to be stubborn and, and go, go the different route?
1: Basically, this has been created for my own needs. Okay. okay. I have felt this pain during many years and I wanted to find a solution for myself. Yeah. When I finally found, found it out, I realized how powerful it is and I want to make it available to everybody. But it's just that I think like you mentioned Steve Jobs, which is also one of my reference and idol. He was saying something that I like a lot is I don't hire people to tell them what to do. I hire people, So that they tell me what i should do and i think that's the essence in today's businesses we have to focus more on people and technology should be helping on that unfortunately on this particular space there has been no innovation that really helps on that and we wanted really to bring that possibility to everyone i'm not sure about it but i'm quite certain that huge companies like Google or Facebook or or Apple have actually developed this kind of intelligence in their tools internally and they have the power to to do that for themselves but we wanted to do that for any business because we really believe that small businesses should have the chance to access to the same type of technology than these huge companies
0: yeah that's true yeah Disrupting the space. I had a couple of very good examples already for that. So talking about kind of the go-to market here, what have you learned selling this? We've already
1: learned a lot is that people are not ready for it. Really? (laughs) We thought that when we will show that to people, they will all just jump on it and we will sell that like crazy. And that was a, a very wrong assumption. And we discovered that the reason for that is that what we're doing is much deeper than just what you're seeing and what we're doing. Uh We are bringing something that changes the way people work. The fact is that since many, many years now, we have been seeing the rise of agile methodologies. And if you really think about it, agile methodologies are, are born from the need of better organization. Yeah. Correctly. And the fact that planning work in a waterfall mode was not possible. Correctly. We had to find other ways of doing things. So that's where Agile came into, into place and got more and more popular. And Agile methodologies are great, but they had their limitations also. And the most of the time when I'm talking with business owners, where their teams work in an Agile manner, Tell me i lost complete visibility over my business because we see at two three weeks and we don't see more forwards yeah and even though projects fall off track very frequently because people don't see the bad things coming so agile has a lot of great things but have a lot of downsides also and what we are bringing offers new possibilities at I wouldn't say that it's an agile killer, far from that. I think it's going to help do things even better. But it means also a mindset shift in the way people approach their work. Most of the time, the first reaction I have from agile teams is like, you're not going to dictate what I should do. And the fact is that, yeah, I can understand that if you have a boss that is very bossy and just tells you what to do. This is not the way to go. And I I agree totally that this should not be the case, but when you have an artificial intelligence that is capable of telling you 10,000 times better than you, what should be the ideal organization? You should just trust it. And this is, I think something difficult we humans are animals of habits. And now that we have our habits, they are difficult to change. So we realized that in our go-to market, we have first to educate on the value of it, or what it can change, and work closely with our customers on implementing that. That's why we are really trying to be present in the first weeks of the adoption of, of our users. And we call them one, two, three times per week, and we try to make a point with them on how they're putting it in place and how they're getting their team on board and really try to help them move forward with it in the implementation. Because we believe that this is the key of success for any adoption of software in a, in a company. And we realize that actually what we've created has many more implications. And we're actually, even ourselves, really eager to see who, how far it can disrupt our actual methodologies, and we are really interested to to see the future of that.
0: I can imagine. And it's always interesting. I've I've heard it a couple of times now, and now that you're creating something that is so new, possibly so unreal, I have been giving such benefit that people just not prepared for it.
1: Yeah, I have actually a
0: another founder,
1: another founder of of a SaaS company that gave me his inputs on our solution and he was telling me you are overpromising. people will think that this is not possible
0: yeah until they see it's real until they're behind yeah, even, that, that, but of course <laughs> that's why there's the Roger curve with early adopters and the innovators and the people that yeah that are the early majority which are far more risk averse and I think in the project world people that are running projects are by nature maybe a little bit risk averse so on the other hand, they also want to deliver something that is, yeah, that they're proud of and that has the quality and they must see that people are wasting their time on, on things that they're not supposed to do. So it's interesting how this is always keeping coming back. So you said in the beginning, you're a seri- serial entrepreneur, which is, you yeah, know, strike me or triggered me to, to ask this question. So what failures have shaped you to what you are today? Oh, it's so what, have many. You from, from, what have you learned from, yeah, well... What is the one that you say? Well, this was one that's that actually formed me for how I actually approached this one.
1: There has been so many mistakes and so many so many bad things I have done to learn so many things. But if I had to pinpoint one, I would say is patience. Patience and perseverance is key, I think, when you're building a business. I think that the, the main reason why so many business fail in their first or three first years is because of that. As an entrepreneur, you're gonna hit so many barriers and walls and the market just is gonna slap you in the face every time it counts. And if you don't have patience and really believe in what you're doing, it's very easy to, to just stop what you're doing and move to something else. And I think that the business I'm running right now is the most challenging actually I've ever built because we're trying to do something that is just nobody's prepared for that. And we are facing so many challenges in this business that we were not even thinking about in the beginning. We were thinking really that this would be just an easy sell because the technology we've developed yeah. is so amazing. And that's that would be a message I would give to every new entrepreneur or every entrepreneur out there that didn't got to success yet. And honestly, I never went really successful. I, I had already some some small successes, but I don't believe there were huge successes, but perseverance is key. Believe in what you do and continue pushing through until it works.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's sort of a repetition from what I heard in, my, in the podcast that I recorded an hour ago. Seems to be the day for that. But I, I agree with you, with you. If you're doing something that, is, that has not been done before, the only thing you can get is, first of all, a lot of pushback. Because no one is looking for it, you know? They just look for yeah, a more modern version of what they already have.
1: And many people are not early adopters. Many people want first that others try for them. And when they see that a lot of people used it and are successful with it, that's where they're going to consider it.
0: Yeah, that's wise. yeah, it requires a different approach. And you have to figure out like who your ideal customer is and what they, what, yeah, what they try to solve here. Mm-hmm. Let me see, what has been your biggest business regret? What would you do different next time? Selling before having the product ready. Yeah, good one. (laughs) I think
1: that this is a mistake I've already done in the past, and I still didn't learn from it, but I can tell you that the next time I'm going to change that is to sell the product even before it's built. People think that you have to have a product to to sell. I think that you just need an idea, and you should validate your idea even before starting to sell it. It would have saved us a year. I think that it would have saved us a year.
0: So what is the difference then in terms of uh, not selling it, but, but just building and validating the idea?
1: It's getting faster to what really you're answering, the problematics and the pains you're answering for your target customer and how to approach it. And maybe there are things that we've built in our tool that we would maybe not have built immediately because they were not that relevant. So... I think it's, it's very important to first get the attention of the public before trying to get it. I mean, yeah, that's true. Validate everything you do just before building it. And I see so many startups that are afraid to talk about their projects. Oh, someone is going to rob my idea. But no, yeah. if you're already in this process of thinking about it, you're already in front. So take your idea out there and, and talk about it and get feedback. And I think that's a, a big mistake that a lot of startups are doing.
0: Yeah, that's wise advice. And I see that a lot. And it's not only that they're going to steal my idea, but I, I know I know it. And, and I will deliver something that people will, will want to have. And that's also, you know, you need to kind of, it needs to face a critical customer to get the The fact is that you f-
1: if you're the first one talking about this to someone, you would be the point of reference. So when it's going to be ready, you're going to have this person as customer.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. So better get them involved early in the early stages and prove that you're right. Very interesting. Yeah, good wisdom. So what are you most proud of right now with, with what you've seen so far from, from a customer or if from the reactions of your product from the ones that did take it?
1: I think the results that our customers are getting with the, with the tool. This yeah. was a big question mark in the beginning because, I mean, when we've developed the product, we did it with some closed customers and try to build the products with their needs. But if it works for one, it doesn't work necessarily for everybody. Right. But what we're seeing now is that every single customer that we have is getting great results that even put us to put in place a money back guarantee. Meaning oh, really? that we give you your money back. If after 90 days, you don't see increase in productivity and we really try to to be present in these first 90 days to help you get there and to help you get the most out of it. And we we see, we have a customer that tells us we have doubled our productivity, and that's, that's just amazing to hear. So the, the fact that what yeah, we exactly. have created really brings a lot of value to people, that's what we're really proud of.
0: Do they also see, I mean, what is the effect of having, suddenly having all the productivity, I mean, what, what else can they start doing as a consequence of that? So many, then, <laughs> so
1: many things.
0: Well, sometimes uh, that is that is actually delivering the, the even an even bigger result than. Just I, I to, was uh,
1: discussing yesterday with one of our customers that is based in Canada, and he was telling me before using Planless, I was spending my weekends organizing the work of the next week. Now I can spend my weekend with my family and my friends. Yeah yeah there is so much more impact than just optimizing the work and optimizing the the productivity of people first it's like i already mentioned before having people able to focus really on what they know how to do and what they're good at people suddenly get more motivated in their job because they spend most of their time really doing what they love to do and they don't have to constantly find information trying to figure out what they should do next. I don't know how many entrepreneurs told me, I'm fed up of everybody coming to me every time saying, look, I finished this, what should I do now? And micromanagement is a business killer. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Exactly.
0: No, but you may make a good point. But the fact that you then suddenly can start to kind of focus more time on the things that you're good at, that you get energy from, it kind of explodes that, that benefit uh, in so many different ways. Because more engaged people has been proven as well by companies like Gallup deliver far more business value. Better relationship with customers, higher quality work. One of the people that I've had on my podcast, Shama Rahman, she created a product about you know, to get creativity from people to a higher level. But it was also about getting people in the flow. And the moment you get much more time and on a day available to get into the flow, we all know what, what, what happens when you're in the flow and not yeah, disturbed same. and just just do the good work. So I think there's much more to say than you can have 50% more productivity. I think there's there's other things that maybe are less tangible but possibly even more important. That's Yes, important. and that's
1: a, that's on the on the daily basis, but the great benefit that we also see with our technology is that finally businesses get back visibility over their business. Because in average, I wouldn't say in average because every, every customer is different, but I can take the example of one of our customers. They have 3,000 tasks inside of, the, of our tool. It's a team of around 20 people, and they have 3,000 tasks in their projects actually running and planned. And the tool is capable of telling them exactly the planning for the next six months and exactly when these projects will be supposedly delivered What is the earliest delivery date? What is the latest delivery date? What is the expected one? And all the planning updates every day and they can see if things are moving forward the right way or not and anticipate on their business much, much before than what they were having earlier on. So the, the, the fact of having an automatic planning just tells you exactly where your business is going, not only in the next weeks, but even in the next months, and if you enter more work there, it can be for years. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that brings me to another topic. I mean, I wrote my book, The Remarkable Effect, which is about the ten traits that define a remarkable software business. So why do why why do we talk about certain software companies and why don't we talk about other software companies? And what's the difference between that? So I'm always interested to hear from entrepreneurs that are actually doing this on a day to day basis. What do they believe Yeah, makes you remarkable at what you do with your your, your business. Do you have any secret for yourself or any wisdom that you say, hey, this is what I'm practicing every day?
1: Talking with customers. For for me, that's the key to, to every software development company. You have to talk with your users every single day and understand what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. How can you make things better? How can you help them in their problematics they're facing? So talking with customers and with users is for me the the key to any software development company. If you don't do that, you're building things for yourself. You're not building things for users. So I'm saying this, and it seems obvious, but I have seen through my career so many software companies that build the roadmap of their products without even talking to the
0: users. Exactly. I know know a couple Yeah. Maybe I've been guilty of that myself also. And sometimes it's customer related, but it's related to, for example, a contract that was being signed and you do a one-off for one customer and it just kills the whole roadmap. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of technology being launched there that is tech looking for a problem rather than the other way around. So wise, wise advice. It starts all there. Well, it starts all there. It starts with the vision, I would say. But the vision, of course, can also be coming must be inspired by what's happening what's what's pain in the marketplace yeah like,
1: like Simon Sinek is saying start with the why exactly well that's a good one yeah uh, but uh, to, uh... but starting with the why is only the starts then you have to make your path to the why, or from the why, would be yeah. better sell
0: exactly if companies would just start there and then move it move it to the how to do what that would already be a big a big move forward so from the lessons that you learned as a tech entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, I'm sure whether it was all in tech, if you would give advice to someone that is aspiring to become a tech entrepreneur, what would that advice be? What is the wisdom you could, you could share there?
1: It would really depend on the profile of this person. I see so many software developers trying to build stuff and it's great, but this is only a very small piece of the business. The tool is only a finality and there are many, many skills that come into place when, you, when you're when you trying to make a business out of a software. I would talk for these software developers really trying to create something, is get marketing skills and get yourself out there talking with people. I already mentioned that earlier, but often software developers that create these amazing tech don't talk, don't talk, they are in their bubble. And they, yeah. they should go out there and talk with people and not uh, stay in their bubble. True.
0: Yeah. The validation part. We talked about that before. So, so what is next for you? I mean, you're launching. Well, I mean, you're not launching, but I mean, there's, there's a press release that is that's on my desk here about the breakthrough technology. Where do you want to be in 12 to 24 months' time with your business? So
1: we, we've launched uh, last October, and we are totally bootstrapped for now. And I've created this business on my own funds. And we are very glad to have people like you exchanging with us and spreading the word about us because that's today the only way for us to really get the word about our new technology out there because we have like zero marketing budgets. So basically almost every money that comes in, we are trying to spend it wisely in marketing to get brand awareness out there. But right now our next step is to get some investors on board to really start scaling and being able to compete with the big names that are out there. Yeah. I heard yesterday ClickUp that just raised 35 millions. So for us with zero million in pocket, it's difficult to compete, right? So we're looking to to get the right investors on board that can help us scale. And now our first target is we, we want to get our first thousand users at the end of the year. When I say users, I mean customers. Because we already have 1,000 users, but paying customers, we're not there yet. That is more or less our first target we want to achieve. And from there on, we want to really scale massively in the next two to three years. Uh, The the idea is to be one of the main players in the market in the next two to three years.
0: Well, good luck on your journey dear. So where can people go to find out more about your company? So they can go now.
1: Hey, Sure. With great pleasure. So they can go to our website to planless.io and they'll find all the information about our tool online, all the documentation needed, series of 35 or more videos explaining them exactly how it works and how to use them. And they just have to drop us a message in our chat there and we would be glad to talk with them and to help them get started and get the most out of it. They have a 15 days free trial, so they can easily get started. Import directly their data from their actual systems, and if they even need help with that, we generally help them. So very easy to get started. I can promise you that in less than a day of work, you have your team set up there and you're ready to get going and ready to start new productive.
0: Very well. Good. Where can they find? Where, where can people best reach out for you? To me directly. Yeah
1: yeah to me directly they can write to me at greg at planless.io. always happy to to hear about anyone and feel free to write to me
0: okay perfect well thank you very much gregory and yeah i mean it was it was good to have someone back on the podcast that's in the project business because it was a long time ago it's a space dear to my heart so glad that, you were, that you're here and that's yeah the market can actually look out for something that is going to give them back all that precious time to do remarkable things so thanks Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And this ends my interview with Gregory. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you have any questions or comments, please share it with us. And if you got inspired by this interview, please share it with other tech entrepreneurs on the mission that you have in your network. Other than that, thank you for tuning in. I had the honor to speak to Gregory Stos, CEO of Planless. As said, the goal that I have in this podcast is twofold. Firstly, To inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Before I close, I have two more comments to make. If you know other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that have a story worth sharing please send me an email at ton.dobby at valueinspiration.com. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas. And that starts with you. And if you want to know more about my book, or you're interested in joining the Remarkable Effect tribe, please visit my website at www.valueinspiration.com. Thanks for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast on iTunes or provide me with your feedback directly. I'll see you shortly on a new episode. That's what